Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Matt Winters of Kansas Premier Outfitters on the line. Matt, how are you doing? Not bad. How are you, Jay? Good. I wanted to get you on the podcast. Uh, I'm a fellow DSD uh, decoy uh, user, and um, I, I actually had a podcast with Brad Cochran, and he wanted me to ask you uh, how many uh, energy drinks have you already drank this morning? Uh, actually, today none so far. Oh my goodness, you're you're <laughs> you're not on pace, man. He said that uh, you were a high energy guy. Oh yeah, I did no uh, purple drink yet for me. I will no though here in a little drink. bit because when we get done, I gotta go uh, start throwing cameras up and check turkeys. Okay, okay. Well, um, Matt, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is uh, you were kind of instrumental in in you know painting the the uh, Dave Smith decoy, the Jake and the Strutter. Um, and painting a white face on it and having really good success with that. So I want to get into that. Before I do, uh, I want to uh, give you a chance to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, your operation, where you're located, uh, kind of when you started, and what you guys focus on with your guiding. Yeah, we're based in Emporia, Kansas is where, we, where our outfitting business is. And what do you guys focus on as far as guiding? Uh, I assume your elk, or excuse me, deer and turkeys. Yes, correct. We uh, run uh, deer hunts in the fall, turkey hunts in the spring. So, if you had to choose, is there one animal that you like better than the other? Oh, that's a hard one right there. <laughs> well, I don't know. Them turkeys got something special. That's, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to probably. Well, in the fall, I would have to say I'm going for the deer, but in the spring, i got to go for them turkeys. That's like my wife always says, whatever's in season. Uh, obviously, I want to talk to you about the um, DSD Whiteface Strutter, um, but before we do that, talk a little bit about your upbringing and maybe what led you to you know, go into wanting to start a guide and outfitting business. I mean, did you start hunting at an early age or... You know, at what point did you decide that, hey, I want to start this Kansas Premier Outfitters? Well, I've been hunting basically my whole life. I'll be 39 here in a couple weeks, and I've been hunting since I was uh, eight years old. So I've been doing it a long time. Uh, how I got started in it is got a buddy of mine that uh, used to run an outfitting business up back around my old hometown, and he uh needed some help with turkey hunters, so I got in there and started guiding turkey hunters for him, and it was fun. You get to meet a lot of people, go out there and do what you like to do, and kind of got out of that for, took a couple years off, and then uh, some, me and a couple buddies, we got back into it. A lot of ground was starting to get leased up. A lot of our farmers were coming to us saying, hey, you guys been here hunting the most. Uh, we want you guys so to be able to lease it. So that's where it all kind of took off from. We just started leasing ground and started running a few hunters. That's awesome. So, I mean, it just kind of morphed into what it is today. Um, where exactly within Kansas are you guys located, and what kind of ground is it? We're uh, more on the eastern side of Kansas, uh, based out of Emporia, Kansas. Uh, a lot of our ground's flat around here, ag ground. You, I mean, there's some decent amount of timber. It just depends where you are. Uh, 
but it's a lot of flat ground, ag ground. Uh, Mostly of, corn, corn, or what kind of ag? Corn and beans is the primary food source for here that they plant. Gotcha. And obviously, corn and beans, uh, deer and turkey, both like that. Um, is it a function of you know? There's a ton of Kansas uh, that that has quite a bit of woods as well. Um, do you do you have plenty of cover for the deer and turkeys, or does oh, is yeah. it such a thing that there's limited cover and it kind of you know you can kind of pinpoint where those birds are going to roost? Uh, I mean, we're basically we're right on the edge of the Flint Hills, so I mean, you get uh, certain parts have a lot of timber. I mean, you all, you, there's always timber on about everything. A lot of creeks, mm -hmm. so you got a lot of creek bottoms. Uh, we do have two major river, rivers that come right through our area, so you got a lot of river bottom ground. And then your high country, which high country to us is, you know, just our upper ground, and there's a decent amount of timber on there. You get a lot of good draws. I mean, there's a lot of prime cover for turkeys and deer here. What, what kind of turkeys... Do you guys have both Rios and Easterns, or what, what kind of birds do you guys have? That's where we're on the tricky side of it. We uh, have a lot of hybrids where we are. We're basically right on the, EO, or the Rio and the Eastern line, so a lot of our birds here are more hybrids than anything. It'd be hard to say, hey, I shot a true Rio or I shot a true Eastern. And the ground that you lease, um, like, from size of property, what would be a small property and what would be a large property? Uh, we we got stuff from 80 acres on, you know, uh, just an 80-acre plot all the way up to a complete section, 600 and some acres. Gotcha. And so with, you know, Kansas is, is there's a lot of outfitters in Kansas and they go around leasing up ground. I assume you would be no different in that you, you kind of have a core area that you, you know, you try and get a bunch of different properties, but are they, are, are there a bunch of contiguous properties where they're touching or is there a bunch of just kind of checkerboarded all over properties? Uh, it's about a 50, 50, you know, we have a lot of checkerboarded properties, but then we also got a lot of ground that's right there together. You know, it just depends on what farm it is that we have. Uh, we do have one that it's about 1500 acres that's all right there together but then that farmer also owns other ground you know like a 80 over here a 160 over here a 340 over here that's broke up but as most of as, our grounds broke up as far as density and let's just talk turkey for right now um densities of turkeys are you guys covered up in birds there oh yeah yeah i mean we're just loaded with birds here now seeing that's another thing uh state of kansas pushed our season back a week on everything on our archery season into our regular gun season because bird numbers are down in certain areas of the state so they backed the seasons up to try to get them toms to breed hens before we went out and started waxing all the toms do you feel like in your area that the bird numbers are down or do you actually feel like your bird numbers are as good as they've they've been i think our bird numbers have uh are about equal where they've always been uh seems like every year we have a a good crop of uh birds a uh, lot of jakes every year so as long as you're out there and you're seeing a lot of jakes you know your next year is going to be good on a lot of two-year-olds yeah and it, in general terms 
like how many birds will you guys harvest, say, this, this season? How many birds did you guys harvest, you know, with your hunters and everything last season, just to give, give us an overall idea of, you know, size of operation? Uh, last year, I think it was uh, 65 to 70 birds. We backed off a couple. Here in the last couple of years, we've just kind of been backing off a little bit, not taking as many people just so it could leave us a little bit of time, you know, to hunt with friends and family. And uh, this year, I don't think, I think we'll probably try to go for 50 to 60 birds. That's usually about quota. You know, if we can shoot 50 to 60 birds a season, I think we're doing pretty good. You know, there's some years that we'll jump it up and try to go for 80 to 85 birds, but we try to keep it around 50 to 65 birds a season. How does Kansas work as far as, in your area, is it a one-bird state, two-bird, three-bird, and then can a non-resident, you know, if, they, if someone wants to hunt with you, can they just call up and they just buy the tag over the counter? Yeah, we're a two-bird state. Uh, you can hunt, you can buy your tag right over the counter, show up, uh, buy your hunting license and uh, tag right over the counter. It gives you two birds to kill. Uh, you can shoot both birds. That's like a lot of states I hear, you know, you, you shoot one bird a day or uh, one in the first part of the season, the other one in the second part. But here you can go out. You can go out first morning, uh, first five minutes of hunting time, two toms come in, you can shoot both of them and be done. What is the season dates this year for 2018? Uh, archery or youth starts tomorrow, and it'll go through the 17th of April. Archery season starts April 9th, and it goes till the 17th and then uh then general firearm season starts on the 18th of april but you can still bow hunt uh past those dates but that's just the early season and then regular firearm season starts on april 18th how long does it go to uh may 31st we have a pretty long wow. season here yeah so talk a little bit about the cycle of your birds as far as what are they doing right now and and then transition into kind of as it goes through each season, um, you know, how the birds change or, you know, kind of what they're doing. Like, so tell me what they're doing now and kind of how they start acting as the season goes on. Well, the key thing right now is the weather. That's what's holding us up right now. A lot of birds are still in the winter flocks. Uh, a lot of birds haven't broken up much to go to the spring grounds yet. Uh, we went out and did a little tour last night, just checking on a few places. Uh, seen Tom strutting, but they're still grouped up pretty good. You're still seeing some Jakes running with them. Uh, other Toms still together. Uh, big flocks of hens. You know, we've seen on three different farms last night anywhere from 40 to 80 hens with a group of Toms, and half of them are still strutting. I don't think they've come to the point yet of where they're you know, starting to fight for ground and fighting for hens. Stuff's just not really broke up yet. It's just our weather's been so up and down. Uh, we're, like, tomorrow, you know, we're supposed to be in the 60s today. Tomorrow we're going to be in the 30s, and that don't help. So before you get into talking about how the birds kind of, um, what their behavior is after this kind of period, let's, I just got a couple questions. So what I hear you saying is they're kind of winter flocked up, uh, the toms are strutting, but they're still in their big groups. Talk about the challenges of, well, 
talk about the pros and cons of hunting birds in the stage that they're in right now when they're in a big group. Uh, it's it's tough right now. Uh, what we'd have to focus on is trying to get to the food source that they're using and go out there and hope for the best. If you can call the hens in, you definitely have the toms. But you will have toms right now that are in the big groups that will break off and come to you. You know, run. we usually run four or five decoys with Strutter or Jake. And usually you can get them to break off and, you know, have one or two toms come over and check you out. But it's tough hunting right now when you got big groups together right now still. So in, the, in this period when you've got big groups, um, are you focusing on them right off the roost? Or like you said, are you going to the food and waiting for them to come to you? Uh, we're basically going to the food, waiting on them. Uh, the cool thing about where we are, you know, a lot of birds roost right next to the field, so they can pitch right out of the tree right into the field where we hunt. It's a lot of our ground around here, you know, with not a lot of timber, but you got usually you got a food source right next to the timber, and a lot of the birds will just roost right there and just pitch right out of the tree right into the field first thing in the morning. Okay. And then as the season moves on here with time, you were talking about, you know, it's tough because the toms are all with the hens. Talk a little bit about the breakup and um, how that becomes a little bit easier to target uh, birds once they start breaking up. Well, once, if, once the weather starts cooperating with us, we start getting that little bit warmer weather. Birds will start breaking up, getting to their spring grounds. Uh, it it gets a lot easier because usually you'll get the toms where they're not roosted right up next to the hens. They're close, but they're if you can get in between them and the hens, you pretty well got a good chance of taking a bird. Uh, it, it's it'll, it'll break up and it'll get a little better as, but it, our key thing is is weather. Once we start getting that weather, get them starting to break up. Birds start getting anxious, then they start doing their pecking orders, you know, for breeding rights. When do you anticipate, so what I hear you saying is the weather is a little funky right now. It's still a little cold. It hasn't warmed up yet. When, in your area, when do you see the most breeding? Uh, usually most, a lot of the breeding's in the early stages of, uh, in the early parts of the turkey season. So here from now through the next two to three weeks, you're going to see a lot of breeding going on. And which is good because, I mean, there are a lot of hens in our area. So once some hens start getting bred, then that's when turkey season here in the next, I would say middle to end of April is when it'll turn on pretty hot here. Could a lot of hens be bred? Toms will get out and really start searching for uh, hens ready to be bred. As the season moves on, uh, you know, into May, you obviously go to May 31st. Is there any dead period where it's, it gets real tough, or does the hunting stay pretty darn good all the way to the end? It Usually it stays pretty good, but it's just like uh, the saying, you know how you get the October lull for deer season. It seems like right around the 1st of May we get, we call it the lull for turkeys, where we'll get that little dead period in there, you know, where birds just don't want to act right, they don't want to cooperate. It's usually around a week long or so. We'll get that little period right around the 1st of May usually where it gets pretty tough. But, I mean, we still get the job is, done. 
how much of that is do you think because just super intense breeding say that third week of you know third and fourth week of of april um how much do you think it it's a function of they've just been breeding so much they they rest up a little bit and then they have that you know those hens that need to be bred again all of a sudden they come through second cycle and you know they're off and running again yeah it's just i, I don't know it's just uh I don't know if it's just because we have so many hens. You know, our hen, hen numbers are way high here. And I, I don't know if it's just that they just get tired of breeding or if the hens just kind of lock up and just want to take a break from breeding. It is just, I don't know. It's just something I ain't been able to figure out yet on wh why they get into that little period. It seems like every year we have the same problem. You know, it's about around a week long where birds just don't want to cooperate. When do your birds, when do you notice the birds breaking off, the, the hens breaking off and, and heading to the nest? Like, what is that usually, time frame when, when those birds are headed to the nest? Usually you start time frame like uh, every day like, or when time no, frame? No, like um, sir, what, what part of the month? Usually you'll start seeing that uh, usually around the second week of gun season is usually when you start seeing that a lot. So that's what what rough date? That's usually around the third third to fourth week of April is when you'll really start to see a that happen a lot. Okay. And then uh, as far as strategy for the listeners out there, when you notice, well, let me back up. What I notice when that period is is the hens and the gobblers are still kind of roosted somewhat close to each other they they fly down and they kind of hang out for just a little bit and then you know about an hour after light those hens just take off and and head to the nest is that the same thing that you notice in kansas yeah usually uh it's usually not an hour usually most of the time you'll get the hens especially you'll see them in the food in the food sources out in the ag fields uh They'll all fly into there. They'll all pitch into the fields. You know, the gobblers will come in. They'll chase each other around. They'll go over and strut with the hens. But usually it's around 9 or so, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. That's when you'll start to see the hens start to slowly fade out of the fields, and then you know where they're going, going to the nest, and then that's when the hunting gets real good. Then that's when them gobblers get out there and they really start searching for the next set of hens ready to be bred. Let's talk a little bit about um, the white face and tell me about the first time that you decided and why you decided to um, paint a DSD white and let's, let's just start there. This is where it's going to get fun right here. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I spend usually around three months a year, you know, focusing on turkeys, you know, a month before season, you know, scouting, doing all that, getting stuff ready. This is from spending a lot of time in the woods. I spend a lot of time in the woods. I spend most, for solid April and May, I'm usually in the woods turkey hunting or out, you know, watching bird behavior, watching birds, what they do to try to prepare for the next hunt. I've noticed this is how it all started with the white face. Usually you're out there, you're hunting. Whenever the toms, it seemed like they were ready to breed, you would watch them and their heads would just go solid white right before getting ready to breed. 
well, you would watch other turkeys come running across the field because they knew what was fixing to happen. But it just took a while to figure that out. Why? What is making these birds come across the field? Why ain't my regular decoy working that well? Why are they not coming to the decoy? And then it all just come down to noticing that head when it would change white. It just like everybody in the field would come running to it because they knew that bird was fixing the breed and wanted to get in on the action. Okay, so I got several questions, but when you say ready to breed, you literally mean when a gobbler's right next to a hen and a hen is laying and he's about to literally jump on her back. Is that when you're seeing the white, that's when you started noticing the white face? Like, you're talking within minutes of breeding. Correct. I mean, you would see him where, you know, his head would be a little white, a lot of red, a lot of blue still in it. And then you could just see it come up his throat and lower neck where it would just start to go solid white. That hen would lay down and it would just go solid white that quick. And then he'd jump up on her back and do his thing. And you'd notice birds just come running because, the, in, a, in other words, the hen's receptive, the gobbler's getting on it, and other birds are like, oh, I know what's going on over there. She's receptive. I'm going over there. Correct. I want to join in on okay. the party. Okay. So you noticed this, and how long did it take you to talk about the process of, oh, okay, the light went off in your head. Did you immediately go paint the, the decoy's head white or talk about the first time you did that? No, it's just, it actually took me a couple of years to figure out, okay, what do I need to do here to be in that stage right there where they're at? How, how do I need, what do I need to do to get the birds to come to me when they're locked up out there anywhere, you know, 60 to 100, 200 yards out, fixing a breed of hen? You know, you can call all you want in the world, and you're not going to break them off that hen. It, it, you just have to set the, you know, it's, it just took a lot of time sitting there and thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. What do you do? How do you go about it? So what I did is after it happened for so long and I couldn't figure out how to change them birds to get them birds to come to me, that's when I got to thinking about, all right, what about if I paint a uh, strutter and try you know, the white face and see if that would help. So what I did is I got a hold of Dave and Brad from DSD, uh, talked to them about it and asked them, you know, and that's a pretty serious question, you know, to talk to somebody who has, that's their decoys and to go altering what they built. So I talked to them, uh, gave them all the facts about it. We, uh, talked about it and they said, well, what we'll do, we'll agree upon it. Uh, we will paint you a white face strutter and send it out to you and you just see if it helps if you know if the success rate goes high uh if it'll work if it don't you know honest opinion so uh they painted up a white face to me sent it to me and we tried it that the following season right out of the gate and it was just dynamite unbelievable results with it okay so they send you the white face decoy. Talk about, like, literally, do you remember the first time you put it out? I mean, what happened? Uh, first hunt that I put it out on was a uh, youth, during youth turkey season. I knew the birds would be in there. Uh, took a kid out with me, 
me, him, and his father, got set up, put the white face out, birds were hammering off the roost. I knew they would be there because that was their, at the time, that was the main strut zone. Uh, I had three or four different toms gobbling right off the roost to us. Light tree yelps to them. They pitch down, come across a little open field, cross the fence, and once they immediately seen that white face, they come running from over 100 yards out straight to us and come right in there. Uh, first one jumped on him. He shot it. The other one jumped back, turned and come right back, and tried to jump on the bird that he just shot, and he shot that one too. Shot both of his birds right there before the sun even come up. <laughs> from the time they hit the root, or from the time they flew off the roost and hit the ground, all within 10 minutes, he'd had both of his toms dead. He never even got to witness the whole turkey season, you know, 10 minutes of it. And he was tagged <laughs> he out. Was, he, th- he thought it was that easy, huh? Yeah, I said, uh, no, it's not easy like that. It's usually a lot harder, but, you know, we're trying something new to see if it worked. And then... Okay. Uh, what year was this? Was this 16? Yes, this was in 2016. Okay, so that's the first hunt right out of the gate with the white face. Then, then what was the next white face encounter? Uh, next white face encounter was archery season. And that's where it got real fun. Uh, first hunt right out of the gate on uh, archery season. Uh, we were set up. We went to another farm right off the roost. Three toms come in, uh, charged the decoy, jumped on it, and it was a swing and a miss. Uh, took a little bit. Uh, we called up another bird. It was around 11 or so. We were fixing to get out of the blind to go have a, a bite to eat for lunch and get right back in and had a bird hammer behind us, uh, called to him, and this is where it gets interesting. You know, he come in. He didn't want to fight the decoy. He wanted to come in and join the party. And, you know, that <laughs> bird come in. Uh, the guy that was with me uh, shot him with a Magnus bullhead at five yards and chopped his head off at five yards coming in, trying to strut up. He, he didn't want to jump on the decoy. He just wanted to be close to the decoy, but he also wanted the how we placed the decoys, you know, we – do a half moon, and he just wanted to stay over here and strut right next to the hens, the other two hens that were closest to him and away from the white-faced strutter. Have you noticed, um, now you've used it a couple seasons, have you noticed the aggressiveness of birds, of of toms, when they see the white face? Do they want to come in and fight more than when the red, white, and blue head, the normal you know, head on the DSC, do they want to come fight more or do they just come to the spread? Like, do they come aggressive and wanting to fight or do they come in strutting? You know, I'm trying to get a behavioral look at, you know, do they come in just strutting the whole way in or do they come in mostly running and aggressive and jump, you know, attacking the white face? That's a 50-50 right there. You will get half birds that do want to come in and charge it and beat it up and try to push it out then you'll get the other 50 percent that just want to take their time they're not no hurry to get to you you know they're coming they just want to strut up there and just want to join the party but don't want to fight just kind of want to come in and hey you got two or three hens over here let me stay over here with this one or two hens and let's just be friends and do this together so it goes both ways okay this is where it's going to help you as a hunter yeah, at what point did you decide to to um, go with the white-faced Jake? 
and and what what was the response on the white face jig well i ran the strutter the first year i ran the the regular dsd head color the red and white and blue head color i ran that for the whole season then the following season we went into the solid white face strutter the whole season from start to finish then the the next year after the white face strutter i got a hold of brad and dave and i said hey let's do up a jake you know this is for more running than a gun and you know where right you're doing a lot of running and gunning you don't have time yeah to put the strutter together you know put the fan on the wings on uh where you're trying to cut down on what you're carrying when you're trying to run a gun on birds so I told him, I was like, let's try a white-faced Jake and uh, see what, what happens with that. And it's kind of gone both ways. Uh, usually Tom see that, they will come charging in on that. I mean, you never get, I've never had one where he just kind of slowly struts into that. It seems like when they see that white-faced Jake, it's beelining straight to you to fight him, to get him out of there. So would it be easy to say that when a Tom sees a white-faced Jake, they're thinking, they're thinking there's no way that that Jake is going to be breeding a hen. I'm going over there. And so th- you're saying they come in super aggressive towards the Jake. And would you say even more aggressive than the normal red-headed Jake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they know that bird's fixing to, uh, you know, he's getting it to the point where he's fixing to breed. They just want to come okay. in and try to literally kill that thing. Okay, so they come in super aggressive to the white-faced Jake. So, I mean, if, if you had to choose between the white-faced Jake and the red-headed Jake, or, you know, the, 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 white, the white-headed Jake or the red-headed Jake, would you use the white-headed Jake every time? Nine times out of ten, yes. I, I, I don't know if you could put just a regular uh, red-faced Jake in my hands again. Even though I got that decoy, I don't think I would use that anymore. It's white face all the way. Just because of the anger and the frustration that them birds, them dominant toms see. Usually you put that out, they're coming. Okay. They will come um, in and re- literally try to kill that thing. Yeah, because on my Gould hunts, uh, you know, the Jake is, uh, the strutter's unreal, and I have great success with it, but the, the Jake it seems like they just come over and beat the tar out of the Jake. I, I'm going to be real curious to see how the Goulds react to a white-faced uh, Jake and a white-faced Gobbler. So talk about your normal spread um, on a normal setup where you've got time to, you know, let's, let's say it's a, um, a roost setup where you've got time in the dark to put out your normal spread. What, are you, what spread are you throwing out and kind of – how are you positioning them? All right. Uh, usually, I, I'm one of them guys. Uh, well, I'm a waterfowl hunter, so you know we usually run big spreads. I'm the same way when it comes to turkey hunting. I run a big spread. Uh, if I'm going out first thing in the morning. I know I'm fixing. I got birds roosted close by, and I'm going to use the strutter. I'm. I use the strutter. I put the strutter close i keep the strutter close i don't do it like a lot of people you know where they put it out there 15 yards or so even with shotgun usually shotgun i put it anywhere from five to eight yards that's 10 tops always keep it right there in that distance always face it away from me so it's looking away 
when I usually uh, run. Just, huh? just to be clear, just to be clear on that, Matt. If let's say, um, picture like a clock, and let's say the birds are at twelve o'clock, so they're straight out at twelve o'clock. Is the bird is the strutter's fan facing the birds or facing you? Facing the birds, facing away from me, facing the birds straight at twelve o'clock. Okay, so the, the head is facing you and the fan, the butt of the strutter is facing the turkeys. No, turned around. No. The butt of the okay. strutter is facing me, head facing okay. them. Okay. I've just always had more, better luck with it when they can see it. And the, the good thing is when it's facing away from you, tail fans facing you, the head's facing away from you, you got birds that can come all the way around you if we're in the timber, edge of the timber, looking out into the field, you got birds that can come up either side of the either either side of the edge of the field, and then yep. birds that can come straight out from you, and they got eyes on it the whole time. You know, they can see the head color the whole time. Okay, so in other so you're words, not surprising a bird. Okay, so in other words, usually what I do is. If, if, if I know where the birds are going to come from, I put the fan facing the birds so that the birds can see the fan and know that they can run up on that turkey and that bird that's fanned out can't see them. But you're using a white face head, and you're actually using that white face to your advantage. So what you're saying is you want to turn it around and basically face the white head at where you think the birds are coming from. But a lot of times you're on a field edge, so in that... Um, that 12 o'clock type of position, you've got timber behind you, so you want that, bird, that white face facing right at the birds, but you also want birds that come in from your left and right to be able to enter the field and look and see the white face, whereas if the white face was facing at you, they might not be able to see it. You kind of want to expose that white face to as much visibility as possible. Is that correct? That's correct. I just think you'll have okay. a better success rate. Birds will see it. That's what's drawing them into you. They're okay. seeing that white. They know, hey, he's fixing the breed. We got to go over there and take care of this. Okay, so you're it's, setting it's the visibility, the, the white face strutter close, and then how does the rest of your spread fall out? I use usually on an average hunt. I usually use four to six hens with me. I'll put a submissive in front of the strutter, you know, three, four foot in front of the strutter. Just that's just to give birds enough room if when you do get toms in there where they can go all the way around that strutter. If they're not going to jump on them, you know, just to give them a little bit of a buffer zone to circle around them where they're not stepping on decoys. Then I take my rest of my hens, and I usually do a half moon shape. So I got my strutter facing away from me, and I'll start my first hen at my 9 o'clock, and I'll put one at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I got my other hen out there at 12 o'clock, and I got another one at usually 1 to 2 o'clock and another one at 3 o'clock. So I got a half moon far enough away, you know, all the furthest decoy is no further than 18 yards or so, and that gives birds enough. So if I get a bird that comes in off my side, either side, I got enough hens over here that he can strut with them. If he don't want to come in and attack the white face, well, this bird feels comfortable. Hey, you can take care of those over there. Let me sit over here and strut with this one or two hens over here, vice versa off either side or coming straight in. So in other words, you, you don't, 
each hen is what? How many steps from, from each other? Five steps? Three steps? Eight steps? Uh, How many? Like it, it depends. Usually uh, anywhere from five to eight steps in between each one. Okay. So in other words, you want you want to leave the option that if a bird comes in from the side and they, they're not an aggressive bird, that they can still come in and be close enough to one of the perimeter hens and feel comfortable strutting and kind of, you know, standing around that hen, still be in gun range, but not so close to the strutter that, they, that they're not, that they're going to hold, hold up, that where there, there's enough buffer between the strutter and those, those hens um, that you know, if they're not a super dominant bird, that they're still going to come to the spread within range. Correct. And that gives them enough that, hey, you're over there. I'm over here. We'll keep our distance away from each other. But now I got something that I can strut next to. Okay. And, and then just, do you it's been ungodly results. Do you, do you ever run a Jake in that spread, or do you only run the white-faced strutter in that scenario? Only white face strutter. I never run a Jake and a strutter together, period. Why? I've, I've done it before, and it's just, I, it seems like I've hurt myself more than I've helped myself. Okay. Is that, uh, in your mind, do you, do you think that's like, here's a gobbler with hens, and he's allowing this Jake to be in his spread? That doesn't make sense type of thing, you know, from a, from a bird looking at the spread situation is if that bird was so dominant, he would not allow that, Jake. Correct. Yeah, he wouldn't want nobody else up there with him. Okay. Uh, what we've noticed around here, you know, we usually have a, a bumper Jake crop every year. Usually when you get Jakes coming in, Toms will run them off. Toms usually don't allow Jakes around them here. Okay. So it, it's that's that's usually why we don't put a Jake out with the strutter. It's just it don't look natural around here for what we do because you don't get Jakes and Toms running together during breeding season, and when you, you just don't see it. So that's why we we don't use it like that. I, I just don't want to hurt myself. I've hurt myself more. You know that's from years of hunting and just figured out. Hey, this ain't gonna work. Let's not even try that. Okay. Good stuff. Um, good stuff. So you've got this half moon, and, and in essence, you've got the submissive hen and the white face kind of right, right close to the blind, but kind of in the center. And then you've got the half moon out. Do, do birds, if, if you had to say more times than not, do those strutters come straight on to the white face, or will they come from the side, or what is their behavior and their pattern as far as coming into that spread that you just described? I've had them come in, you know, face on. I've had them come in side to side. It just it just depends how that bird comes in across the field if he comes down the edge. Uh, that's why I like facing it away from me. So that bird could, has eyes on that strutter the whole time. And that's what's so cool about it. You know, you can set off to the side. You can move. You can talk. Them birds are so focused on that decoy that you can literally get away with about anything because they're I so focused one. on that strutter. I, I haven't hunted. Um, I haven't hunted in the Midwest, and 
let's just call the the turkeys field turkeys because they're you know they've got food plots and what have you and correct me if i'm wrong but the field turkeys can be very very difficult because they have a very good they can see very very well and so for years hasn't I mean, it's been a little bit of a challenge to hunt birds that are in fields because they can see so well, and they, if they see decoys, or prior to the swipe face, if they can see decoys, they want to see movement. They, they expect birds to come to them. Talk a little bit about the challenge of hunting field turkeys where they can see so well. Yeah, you know, they got usually in a field, they can see the whole field. You know, their eyesight's awesome. You'll get hens that'll come walk over to you. Uh, them bird, them toms. You know they can be at the other end of the field. They can they can see what's going on up there. They see a strutter. Hey, there's strutter up there. Uh, let's do our thing over here. Uh, we can make our way over to them. It's it's just it, in the fields. You know, and that's the other thing. You got to watch out because they can see so well. But usually you'll get birds down there on the other end, say if there's 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, however many hens down there. They'll go down there and do their thing. And then usually they'll work their way up to you to come over to check you out to see what's going on. I want to ask you about the mating motion, Jake. Um, have you had a chance to see it? Are you going to use it this year in your spread? And if so, what kind of reaction do you think this mating motion jake with dsd is going to create well i haven't used it for myself personally yet last week we was down in alabama uh one of the guys down there has it uh one of our other buddies was with him and they used it and the birds come in and literally beat the crap out of it he shot both of his toms standing right over that mating motion pair literally trying to rip the head off of it. I haven't used it. I think it's going to be an awesome tool. Are you going to go with the white, are you going to go with the white face on that too? <laughs> if I get one, which I've already talked to Brad and Dave, I'm just, the whole thing is it's hard to get a strutter out of my hands. I'm a strutter kind of guy. I always want to use the strutter. Uh, what my partner is going to try the mating motion pair around here and yes uh it'll be white face we're just we're white face guys all the way it's helped it's helped us tremendously with the regular jake and the strutter so why not do the white face because it all makes sense you know you watch a tom or a jake whenever they're breeding a bird nine times out of ten their head's usually solid white so solid white is where i would go with that yeah good stuff don't you think the uh the real tail the real tail fan and the real uh, wings on the DSD strutter is is also a game changer. Having those real feathers is, is fantastic. Oh, exactly. I mean, you. I just I never knew why people would want to put some uh, felt kind of material or whatever that's made out of that silk material. Why would you even want to do that? Because with a real tail fan, you're going to still get feathers that are going to move around in the wind. It, it just it makes it look so natural. It makes it look 100% real. And with a DFD strutter, I mean, it's the real deal. I mean, there's nothing that compares to that strutter, you know, with the detail that they've put into that and the how well they built that decoy. 
it's a game changer all the way. Let's talk about, let's back up for a second and talk about um, before the DSD strutter, before the white face. So you're running, you know, you're running decoys, what have you. But the first time that you were able to use the DSD strutter and put a real wings and real tail fan, you know, white face hasn't even entered the equation yet. How much difference did that make alone in your in your success of your turkey hunting? I was about a 75% guy with it. 75% of the time I killed birds over it, the other 25% didn't work out so well. Birds didn't want to come fight it. Birds didn't even want to mess with it on this 25%, 75% let's, birds But let's come talk in. about even before that. I mean, before you even had the DSD strutter, and then the DSD strutter comes in. I guess what I'm looking for is what did your success go way up when you used the DSD strutter compared to when you didn't even have a strutter? Oh, absolutely. Because back in those days, it was just hen decoys. You know, that's all we used was hen decoys and uh, Jake decoy. Okay, the so strutter DSD strutter comes, comes in with the, with the real tail fan. It looks just like a real turkey. You were like, oh, this is unbelievable. And then it even morphed even further when you noticed that, okay, this is great and it's working great, but sometimes, 25% of the time, those, uh, those toms hold up out there and they don't want to come in. Then you paint it, you know, get the white face, and then it's a, it's a whole other uh, realm of improvement. Oh, yeah, you're in a whole other ballpark then when it comes to the white face. You could just tell each year, you know, bird numbers, all right, so we started off with the Jake. We shot a lot of birds with that Jake. And then we go to the red, the original strutter, the original DSD strutter, you know, the red-headed strutter. Our success rate went up a little higher, you know. So it's like, oh, this is awesome, you know. We're killing more birds now. Then we go to the white face strutter, and then the bird numbers, uh, the, the success rate went up the ungodly. We killed over 70 birds that first year using it. It was like, this is unbelievable. A lot of people said, oh, that strutter decoy, you know, uh, I've used the strutter before. Uh, I've, I've hurt myself. You know, birds will just run away from it, law, law. Well, first of all, you're not using quality. You know, and it all goes by the quality. You know, that is the DSD strutter is the real deal. It looks like the real thing out there. So right. you got to have faith in your equipment. You know, you got to believe in it. So you can't just go out there and say, well, I've had a bad hunt with a strutter. So I'm not going to use a strutter. Well, you wasn't using a quality strutter at the time. So start off and use a quality strutter, then go back at it and see. Guarantee your your success rate's going to go higher because you're using quality equipment. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, once I started using DSD decoys, it. I mean, the success. You know, it, it's unreal. The success. I can't wait to try out the white face. And, you know, and you're in the same boat that I'm in, you know, running outfit and business. So you got to use the right tools, the right equipment to have these people that let them have a successful hunt and harvest their birds. So you're going to use whatever it takes to get you there. And that's where DSD has set the bar. You know, they raised it so high. Uh, you might not be the best caller, but you got good decoys. You know, that's right there is going to help you out tremendously. Yeah, I mean, we get paid to make people successful. So we're going to do everything we can to be 
the most efficient and the most successful and, and give our clients the best opportunities that they can. So that's why for me using DSD decoys is, is paramount because I want to have success every hunt that I go out. And, you know, the, it, I guess there's people that say, oh, I don't want to use decoys. I want to, you know, call them in and do it the real way and all that. Well, the way I look at it is we're all out there to kill a turkey and we're all out there to have fun doing it. And if you can use decoys, if you can use strutter decoys and jake decoys and white face decoys and, you know, decoys with feathers on it, uh, real tail fans, and you can have more success, I just don't see how there's any argument that that's not a great way to go. Uh, if you are one that, you know, just wants to only call a bird with a wing bone and that's the only way you want to do it and you want to shoot it with a traditional archery equipment, like, more power to you. Um, but the last time I checked, you know, having birds just attacking decoy spreads and coming running and, you know, all the video that you have, Matt, and all the video that I have, I mean, that's, that's, we're there, we're out there to enjoy it and have as much fun as we can and be successful. So um, I don't quite buy that argument of, you know, oh, we'll go try and kill them without decoys. I mean, I'm out there to shoot a turkey and I'm out there to shoot a turkey for my clients. So I'm going to do what I can to, you know, get her done the best way, best way that we can. Exactly. You nailed that 100% spot on. Uh, the other thing, you know, you get clients out there with you that's never really had the opportunity to hunt over quality decoys or, you know, that's why they're coming to you to go out there to get their birds for them. And when you get birds coming in, attacking decoys and spitting and drumming, you know, 5, 10, 15 yards away from you, that's stuff that they've never got to witness before. And they're just like in hog heaven, like, oh, my goodness, I've never seen this before. That's why we use decoys. That's why we use this stuff to show you what we see every day, day in and day out. Yeah. So when you went to Alabama, you took the white face um, strutter, and what did those Easterns think about that? Uh, we actually went down there last year and used it, and I uh, – you know, the southern birds are a lot harder birds to hunt. They always say the southern birds are hard birds to hunt. So we went down there last year. Right out of the gate, uh, we were hunting a food plot. These are all pines where we hunt down there. Uh, we were hunting a food plot. Birds pitched down off the other side. Hens are out there. Uh, once there was a little rise that the tom, you couldn't see. All you could see was the top of his fan. Uh, hens were out there where they could see the decoys. We actually had hens come to our decoys. But once that tom got up over the top, this is all on video, once he could lay eyes on that white-faced strutter, he went over there, he messed around with them hens just for a couple of minutes, and then he come all the way across the field straight to us when I shot him. Then did the same thing with the white-faced Jake the next day. Uh, had birds, we were close to them where we knew they would be, they pitched down, went the other direction, uh, took the white-faced Jake, had the original, had the white-faced strutter set up, took the white-faced Jake with us, but set it back in the woods with us. Then we knew it was time that, hey, these birds ain't coming, they're going. Now it's time, let's go make a move on them and run and gun. So we took the Jake with us. We sat on the backside of this little knoll, called the bird back up. Once he laid eyes on that white-faced Jake, here he come. He left his hens to come over here to try to run him away, and he met his maker. 
Uh, this good past stuff, season, man. you know, uh, we did use the white face strutter, but uh, it ended up being, you know, we had to do a lot of running and the gunning. The weather was horrible down there. Birds just weren't, you know, breaking away from the hens. So we had to go to them. They weren't coming to us, so we had to go to them down there in that thick pines and stuff, you know. So chose to leave the strutter behind. Let's take a Jake. Let's go. And we just made a lot of boot tracks and uh, got in on a couple good birds that wanted to play. And uh, it's what we used, the white-faced Jake and two hens, and it worked. Matt, it's been awesome talking to you, um, and it got me super pumped about the white face uh, DSD decoy. I want to give you a chance to let the people, the listeners, know where they can reach you. I'm also going to um, put KansasPremierOutfitters.com uh, on the show notes of this podcast uh, when it airs, and um, why don't you tell people how they can reach you for a deer hunt or a turkey hunt? Uh, you can call me by my cell phone number, 785-375-3062. Uh, if you want a turkey hunt or deer hunt, you can reach me at that number and we can talk it. Or if you got a question about a DSD strutter or the white-faced Jake, you know, uh, uh, how to help me out. You know, uh, if you can throw me a couple tips, hey, I'm always open to helping fellow hunters out, you know, that are DSD supporters and Whatever I can do to help, I'm here to help anybody. So Good. And also, um, for you listeners, uh, follow uh, Matt on Instagram, and his handle is migrateor1, so M-I-G-R-8-O-R-1, M-I-G-R-8-O-R-1. Make sure to follow him on Instagram. You can send him a direct message there as well. Check out his website, KansasPremierOutfitters.com. Matt, sounds like you have uh, youth season starting tomorrow. Uh, I know you're going to go out and run a bunch of trail cams or, or I guess, check cards, I would assume. Um, so I'm expecting to see some pictures tomorrow from you, and I wish you the best of success this season. I'll be watching your success on Instagram. And uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge, and uh, you've got me fired up uh, I, you know, I'm already fired up about turkey season, and I'm super fired up to try the white face. So uh, it's going to be going to be another fun season. Absolutely, I wish you the best too, and uh, we'll just compare notes at the end, and uh, we'll see what how it works out for you. I know it's going to be a game changer for you. You're going to see awesome success rate over it. So I'm kind of pumped and anxious to see what it is at the end of season, what the stats add up to be. See if we can get a bunch of Gould's pictures next to a white-faced turkey or white-faced There you decoy. go. That would be pretty right there. That would be an awesome picture. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Well, God bless. Knock them down, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Yep.